Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 71, Bedtime for Babies. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey, 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 back for another podcast episode. This is going to pick up where last week's podcast episode left off. So if you have not listened to episode 70 yet, where I talked about my top three tips about breastfeeding and sleep, then you're going to want to go back and listen to that episode first. And then come back to this episode, of course, because we're going to be talking about bedtime for babies. I already kind of introduced my guest for this week. Her name is Lauren Angler. She is from Via Graces. She is an expert on bedtime for babies. And I loved learning from Lauren because um, sometimes I still feel like I could use some help for bedtime when it comes even to my older kids. <laughs> they are the worst at going to bed. Once they are actually in bed for the night, they're good. They sleep all night, but they just think it's party time every night. And so I loved learning from Lauren because it made me think, okay, what could we do a little bit differently this time around with this new baby that we are going to be having soon, or maybe already have when you're listening to this podcast episode, and um, how could we build a better foundation for better sleep from the very beginning? for my kids to maybe even enjoy their bedtime. (laughs) Would that be just too much to ask? Uh, I don't know. So I'm excited to share my guest with you today. Um, To introduce her a little bit more, she is a mom that helps families with young babies meet their sleep goals. She is a pediatric sleep consultant And she found herself desperate to get help through the night with her first baby, which I mentioned this last week, but I just think it's so interesting um, how most sleep consultants that I know, they got their start because they had their own bad sleeper. (laughs) And I love that. I think that's so interesting to think how different people find themselves um, going down different paths. And honestly, I didn't start, at least I don't feel like I started going down the lactation path because I had trouble necessarily with breastfeeding. I just found it's something that I was passionate about. I truly believed in was so important for, um, families to not only to meet their goals, but that breast milk was the perfect food for babies. And I wanted to help families, to be able to do it with ease and not have breastfeeding be something that they dreaded or hated or was painful. 
um, that doesn't make for a great experience. <laughs> so, um, you know, my expertise is not in sleep consulting. Um, but Lauren, she does have a background. Um, she is actually a graduated sleep sense consultant. Um, she, um, graduated from that in 2019. She even is a teacher. She has a bachelor in kindergarten and elementary education. So she's really good at teaching. It's funny how sometimes, you know, those different things kind of match up and, and lead you down the perfect path um, to do something like teach about sleep consulting instead of teaching children. So now she works with families locally and internationally. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy her because I am not a sleep consultant. So this is not my area of expertise. And honestly, to give you a little bit of a heads up, I'm going to tell you that sleep training seems to be a swear word in the lactation community. <laughs> Many lactation consultants hate sleep training. And that's tricky because sleep is a very high priority for families. So I do believe that you can have a healthy balance between the two. It's not like you have to choose sleep or breastfeeding. Take your choice. <laughs> if you choose breastfeeding, well, you're never going to sleep again. No, I don't believe that. It's not one or the other. I do truly believe that there can be a sweet spot between maintaining a healthy milk supply with draining your breasts in the night and still getting rest and sleep that you also need for a healthy supply, right? If you're not sleeping at all in the night, then that is not a recipe for a healthy milk supply. So I do specifically look for sleep consultants who don't throw breastfeeding under the bus because again, I do believe that you can have both. It's not one or the other. So Lauren's going to talk to you about wake windows. She's going to talk to you about what's normal, what you can expect based on your baby's age, because that's going to change over time. And I especially love how she's going to talk to you about circadian rhythms and syncing them up with daylight. So you're really going to enjoy my guest today. And before I turn the time over to Lauren, of course, I want to remind you that I would love to work one-on-one -on -one with you. You can click the link in the show notes to check to see if your insurance covers up to six free consults with me. And if not, do you have some money to use on your healthcare spending account by the end of 2021? Well, you can use that to pay for a telehealth in-person consult with me and even a personalized pumping plan. Just head over to breezybabies.com. I would love to work one-on-one -on -one with you. That's when I can give my best care, my best advice. Everything here on this podcast is great as well, but it's not personalized to you and your family. So I would love to see your order come through. It makes my day every time because then I get to help set you up for success for your lactation goals. So here we go. Without further ado, I'm going to turn the time over to my guest today, Lauren Engler. Here she is. 
Hey there, my name is Lauren Angler and I am a former elementary teacher turned pediatric sleep consultant. I am the founder and owner of Via Graces and I'm really excited to be on this podcast today. Just as a little bit about me, I have two girls, ages four and two. I breastfed both of them for 17 and 18 months and loved that journey with them and I also sleep trained both of them. Well, actually, that's not true. I sleep trained my oldest at 10 months old because I could not take the exhaustion anymore. I would nurse her, rock her to sleep. She'd wake up an hour later, re-nurse her, re-rock her to sleep, and that process would continue all night long. She would be up anywhere from four to seven times a night, and this teacher and mama was tired. I was home on summer break, and I thought, I can't do this anymore. I love her. We have really sweet times where I'm nursing her and rocking her to sleep, and then the rest of the night, it is rough. My husband and I would play rock, paper, scissors, who would try to re-rock her to sleep that night. We'd play rock, paper, scissors, who was going to be nap-trapped that afternoon, and and we were exhausted and needing needed something different. Uh, so we sleep trained her at 10 months old, and it thankfully worked pretty well, but the reason I became a sleep consultant is actually because of my experience sleep training her. When we got pregnant with my second daughter, I knew we could not handle that same exhaustion for 10 months again. We had a toddler that we had to take care of. And so I started looking more into the world of sleep. I stumbled upon sleep consulting because when we were sleep training my oldest, it was a total guessing game. It was really hard. We didn't really know what we were doing, and and we're actually pretty lucky that it worked out well. So we knew we couldn't do that again with my second. I became a sleep consultant while I was pregnant with her, and so we actually never had to formally sleep train her. I knew how to establish a sleep foundation from the start, and it was amazing. Um, We certainly had those newborn nights. We certainly had those four-month nights, but we knew what to do. I was confident in my, my sleep toolkit to help her and our family get the sleep we needed, not to mention it was very helpful as my daughter was going through all of those toddler sleep regressions. So all of that to say, like Brie, I too love all things babies and boobs, and I also love talking about sleep. So today I'm going to chat with you about how to figure out a bedtime for your baby, starting with newborns, and then walking through the first year of life. Because there's a lot more to bedtime than just, I want her bedtime to be 7 p.m., therefore it is 7 p.m., which I'll tell you in a bit, but I actually thought that was the case when I had my first. Bedtime's supposed to be seven, so okay, bedtime's at seven. So let's start with our sweet little newborns. So with newborns, bedtime is a phrase we're going to use very loosely, but when I say bedtime, I mean this is when we're deciding that our newborns are going to be in a dark space for the night. We're not going to be playing with them, reading them stories. We're not doing tummy time anymore. It is considered bedtime. So for our newborns, we actually aim for bedtime to be a bit later, around maybe 9 or 10 p.m., mostly because we want it to match your bedtime. In those first couple of weeks, when we get lucky, the longest stretch of sleep newborns give us is often in that first space of the night. And so we want you, as moms, as dads, to be able to enjoy that long stretch of sleep alongside them. So around 9 or 10 p.m., we not only want your newborns going to bed, we want you going to bed so you can enjoy a longer stretch of sleep before some of those sleepless newborn nights come about. Now, whether it's at 9 or 9.30 or 10 p.m. is really based largely around awake windows. Awake windows are the the age-appropriate times kids are able to handle being awake before getting into sort of 
any overtired zone. Overtiredness is one of the biggest enemies of all things sleep because it not only makes it so much harder for our kids to fall asleep, but to also stay asleep. And so we want to avoid that overtiredness whenever possible. So thinking of our sweet newborns, those age-appropriate awake windows, from zero to six weeks old, they really can't handle much more than 45 to 60 minutes awake before getting into that danger zone of overtiredness. And then from six to 12 weeks old, they really can't handle much more than 60 to 90 minutes awake before becoming into that overtired zone. So if we're thinking, okay, aim for their bedtime to be around 9 or 10 p.m., it really just depends on their naps for the day. What time did they wake up from their last nap? Did they wake up from their last nap at 7.30? Well, then let's actually try for another nap around 8.15, 8.30. Maybe it's only a 30, 45 minute nap, and then their bedtime's going to be closer to 10 p.m. Or if they woke up from a nap around 8.15, 8.30, then we're gonna base their bedtime around, okay, when is this next awake window over? So 9 or 10 p.m. based largely around your bedtime and watching for those awake windows to make sure we're not getting overtired. Now, I already said this, but we're going to be using the term bedtime loosely with newborns because they're going to be awake a lot. Bedtime for our older kids hopefully means they're going to be asleep for the night. But with our newborns, bedtime means when we're aiming to have the lights off, that sound machine on the rest of the night, like I said, we're not coming into the living room, we're not pulling out the toys to play with them, we're trying to establish some sense of night. Because one of the biggest things we're doing those first couple weeks of life is helping our kids to distinguish the difference between daytime and nighttime. And a huge piece of doing that is when they are awake and alert during the day, we want the lights on, the windows open, playing with them, engaging with them, tummy time. But when it's considered bedtime, even when they're awake all night long, we want the lights dark or super low. We want the sound machine on. Of course, you're going to be feeding your baby. You're going to be changing their diaper. You're going to be smiling at them, but we don't want it to feel like daytime. We also, in order to help our kids establish the difference between day and night, we want to start getting into a routine of nighttime is somewhere around 11 to 12 hours total. So as they go to bed at 9 p.m., we want their day to start around maybe 8 or 9 a.m. Again, they're going to be awake a lot, but to help their little body clocks adjust, we want there to be around 12 hours of daytime, including lots of naps, and around 12 hours of nighttime, certainly including some wake-ups and some night wakings. So there's our newborns. Now, thinking of when our newborns start entering that baby world a little bit more, Around three to four months old, we want to see bedtime starting to shift a bit earlier. We want bedtime to be shifting closer to 7, 8 p.m. Now I have a little story for you with my oldest, Olivia. When she was a baby, I knew we wanted her bedtime to be 7 because that's what people say it should be, right? And so I remember she would wake up from a nap at 6.15, 6.30, 6.45, and I would be like, well, bedtime's at 7, so I'm just going to try to nurse her right back to sleep and bedtime's at seven, so clearly that's going to work, right? Oh my word, it did not work. It was awful. I would be so frustrated trying to nurse her and re-nurse her and re-nurse her, not realizing that she's awake because she just woke up from a nap. She's ready for another awake window, but in my mind, but at seven o'clock, it's bedtime. She's got to go down for the night. I don't want you to feel stuck in that same pattern. 
I had no idea about awake windows. I had no idea about sleep pressure. The reason awake windows are so helpful is because our babies need to build up a certain amount of sleep pressure during that time to make it easier to fall asleep and stay asleep. Waking up at 6.45 and trying to go to bed at 7, there's no time for that pressure to build up. Now, I want to tell you because I I keep talking about these awake windows and awake windows shift um, all over the place that first year of life especially. I have a free guide to sleep schedules. It's called the Ultimate Guide to Sleep Schedules where I give you a chart of what awake windows are age appropriate per age. I give you sample schedules of what um, quote unquote schedules, right? Because it's still based around those awake windows work well at different milestone ages. So definitely go check that out so you have a better understanding of what awake windows are really appropriate for your kids. But like I said, around three or four months old, you want that bedtime to start shifting um, closer to maybe 7 or 8 p.m. And ideally, really from about four months old until, um, man, our school-age kids, even five years old, we want that bedtime to be somewhere between 6.30 and 8 p.m. Not because it's just this magical number that we choose, but mostly because our body clocks, our kids' body clocks, their natural circadian rhythms are built around the rising and the setting of the sun. And so somewhere between 6.30 and 8 p.m. seems to work really well for most babies. We also want our babies getting 11 to 12 hours of nighttime sleep with those younger babes. That's, of course, going to still include night feeds. But we want them to get around 11 to 12 hours of nighttime sleep. And so we also base that bedtime around what time they have to wake up in the morning. If they have to wake up around 7, 8 a.m., we need to make sure they're getting to bed at 7 or 8 p.m. to really get that full 11 to 12 hours of nighttime sleep. I've seen some families who have an 8 or 9 p.m. bedtime, maybe because their mornings are able to start later and it works for them. I will say that's definitely not the norm. Some babies really struggle to even have a later bedtime. Their little body clocks are just set earlier. So know that that 6.30 to 8 p.m. window is really, really important. And again, it's based on those awake windows. Sometimes we have to play around with that last nap of the day. If our baby is still sleeping at 5.30 and they usually have a two and a half hour awake window, we definitely want to wake them up to make sure they're not getting to bed any later than 8 p.m. and we're really respecting that overnight space. If your kiddo is stuck on a later bedtime, you can't seem to get the bedtime earlier, two quick tips. One, try to wake them up in the morning at a consistent time around 7 or 8 a.m., again, to get that 12 hours of daytime. And then try to get outside, especially in the morning, and also in the late afternoon is really helpful to keep their little body clocks set, like I said, around the rising and the setting of the sun. Now thinking about our older kiddos, so around six to eight months old, when our kids transition to a two-nap schedule, and then shortly after our kids turn one, when they're on that one-nap schedule and onward through elementary, our kids can be on much more of a set schedule. Now when they're on a set schedule, those are still based around awake windows, but we don't have to be so hyper-focused on, they've been awake for two hours and 47 minutes, so they need to go to sleep right now. We can say, okay, every day she naps at two o'clock and she goes to bed at seven, so today she's gonna nap at two and go to bed at seven. And we can really focus on that set schedule. Again, with those set schedules, we're still aiming for a bedtime of about 7 to 8 p.m. On those really off days where they miss a nap or have a shorter nap, we may need to go a bit earlier. Or if they caught a later nap for whatever reason, it was an off day, they may need to go to bed a little bit later. Again, because we still want to honor that overtiredness. We want to honor that sleep pressure. Or if they're going through a nap transition, they may need an earlier bedtime. But in general, we're aiming for about 7 to 8 p.m. And like I said, 
even into school years. My four-year-old still goes to bed at 7 p.m., and I have no intention of changing that anytime soon because she needs those 12 hours of nighttime sleep, and she's got to be up in the morning for preschool. I want to say thank you so much to Bree for having me on the podcast today. I hope you learned a lot about how in the world to determine when bedtime should be for your little one, what's appropriate for them, and also what works for your family. I want to let you know of a couple different ways I can help you. If you're sitting here like, oh man, Lauren, I feel like you did when you were trying to sleep train your first. We just, we need some help. We don't know what we're doing. This is hard. My main job is working one-on-one with families, helping personalize a sleep plan for them and walk through the process of sleep training so that you feel confident and you'll feel supported. I would love to help you get there. I'm also over on Instagram. My handle is sleep underscore via underscore graces. I show up there all the time uh, sharing my normal life with you, but also sharing all sorts of tips and tricks with you for newborn to older child sleep. Um, I also told you I was a teacher. So with my inner teacher, I have a blog full of all sorts of tips and tricks for you uh, to navigate sleep regressions, to navigate what a bedtime routine might look like, to navigate... um, What does it look like to travel and still keep your kiddo sleep on track? So check out that blog post. And finally, again, the inner teacher. I created a resource called Baby Sleep from A to Z that is everything I wished I would have known about newborn and baby sleep when I had my first. This is not a sleep training course. This is a course that teaches you the foundation of everything I write in my sleep plans for newborns and babies. And it actually walks through the different sleep training methods you could choose from. So like I said, this is a sleep course without the sleep training bit with everything I wish I would have known with my oldest. And just for you, I am offering um, Breeze listeners a 20% discount on baby sleep from A to Z. So if you use the code BREEZY20 at checkout, I would love to give you that discount and can't wait to chat with you more. Talk to you guys soon. She's the best, right? So grateful to Lauren for coming on the podcast episode today. Again, let's review her top three tips. Number one was um, for newborns. Naturally, a later bedtime is better. Try and aim for 9 or 10 p.m. around your bedtime. And that's purely based on awake windows. Tip number two was around three to four months. You can start to see your baby's bedtime shifting closer to 7 or 8 p.m. And that's largely based on awake windows. Tip number three was around six to eight months when your baby is doing a two-nap schedule. And this continues on through toddler and childhood when bedtime can be more set rather than based on awake windows. So, so good. I love those top three tips from Lauren. If you are interested on learning more about your newborn or your baby sleep from zero to 17 months, she has a sleep from A to Z sleep course that will walk you through everything you need to know about your baby's sleep. It helps you understand your baby's sleep cycles, the four-month sleep regression. Mm-hmm. It helps you to determine appropriate schedules, routines, favorite sleep products, various sleep training methods that are out there, and more. She loves to work one-on-one with families and babies all the way through school-age kids, She has personalized sleep plans that help you learn how your little one can fall asleep independently and sleep in their own beds all night long. Oh, so good. Go give her a hello. Follow her at Sleep Via Graces on Instagram. I will link everything in the show notes. 
um, including her ultimate guide to sleep schedules, which is a free download that will be in the show notes. I will link to her blog via graces.com slash blog. And then if you are interested in her baby sleep from A to Z program, you can use code breezy 20 for 20% off at checkout. So good. I hope you loved everything that you learned about today. I hope you get a good night's rest (laughs) tonight. And of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Bye. Bye.